Welcome to the Angel Investors Network podcast. Angel Investors Network is the first national angel group founded online in 1997, dedicated to perpetuating free enterprise, capitalism, and supporting the American dream. In addition, Angel Investors Network is the organization behind the powerful Mastermind Investment Club, dedicated to harnessing the philosophy of a mastermind to increase success and their investment portfolio. Jeff Barnes is the COO and CMO at Angel Investors Network. Jeff is a two-time international best-selling author who helps entrepreneurs and leaders start, scale, and exit their businesses while creating freedom and autonomy along the way. On the podcast, Jeff brings together the most successful privately held companies in America to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Jeff Barnes. Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Barnes with Angel Investors Network Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to introduce you to our guest. She is an incredible entrepreneur and investor and has had such an incredible career. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and read her bio to you right now so that you know exactly what you're in store for. This is going to be a lot of fun. Kim Perrell is an award-winning entrepreneur, best-selling author, leading tech CEO, and an angel investor. So she has run the gamut. Kim has made headlines for a transformative story of a startup entrepreneur to a leading tech CEO and a prominent angel investor. Now laid off from her dream job out of college, Kim started her first company from her kitchen table, going from broke to a multimillionaire by the time she was 30. Every entrepreneur's dream, right? And then selling her last company for $235 million in 2014. So we're definitely going to get into that. She's passionate about supporting other entrepreneurs, and Kim is an angel investor in over 70 startups. 14 of which have been successfully acquired. Kim's first book, The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success, is a national bestseller designed to help others achieve success in business and life by mastering execution. Kim attributes her success to her ability to execute and believes that execution is a skill that can be learned, which inspired her to write The Execution Factor. Kim also launched The Execution Factor Fund with 100% of proceeds from the book in order to support up-and-coming execution-led entrepreneurs with early-stage investment. I love this. I cannot wait to dive into this. I love execution, too. I mean, that's one thing that we talk about all the time in my world. And Kim, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here. Wonderful. Well, you know what? I have to, I, I'm, I'm going to go off kilter a little bit and ask you, instead of diving into your whole career, I want to know about execution and why you feel execution is such a big thing. And if you can maybe tell us a story about how you led up to that, that would be great. Yeah. So when I look at ideas and ideas are a dime a dozen, everyone calls me and, and I am an avid angel investor and they say, I have this great idea, Kim, how do I get it? How do I get started? How do I build a business from it? How do I get funding? And I look at all of these ideas. And at the end of the day, when I invest, I invest in people and those people when you look historically back, back on my investments, it's people that can execute. And it's not IQ. It's not hard work. It's really about the ability to do, to get things done, to be resilient in the face of challenges, and to, to really make sure you're moving forward regardless of what comes in your way. So success definitely is not a line straight to the top. You know, there's a lot of roadblocks and a lot of dead ends. And I've, I've seen it all and I've seen it in my own companies as well as the companies I've invested in. But if you can execute, you will be successful. 
Awesome. Absolutely. So can you take us back maybe to the beginning, maybe at X Drive, and talk about how you saw what happened there? And that was sort of the precursor to Dropbox, right? And how did execution really lead into what we all know and love as this incredible way to share files and everything online? <laughs> right out of college and nearly 20 years ago, I, I got my dream job working for a booming internet startup. And it really was precursor to Dropbox, but cloud computing was much more expensive, or there wasn't cloud computing, and infrastructure costs were much more expensive than they are today. So the company I worked for raised $120 million in funding. And Unfortunately, just the burn, it, you know, back to business basics, the burn just couldn't sustain the business. And unfortunately, the company did go bankrupt. And looking back at that company and then looking ahead, when I decided to start my own company, I knew just based on my own experience that I could have an incredible idea, but the ability to execute that idea was far more important than having the idea itself. And I think taking that knowledge and that learning, because it was a great idea, it just, you know, it's a, as an entrepreneur, you learn, you learn it's a lot about timing as well. And timing and execution really, I think, helped uh, and taught me that it's not about innovation, but it's execution is that bridge between innovation and transformation. And that's really what, what, what I'm betting on and what I've seen, you know, really increased successes of all businesses that I've worked, in, what I've worked with. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's so true, right? So I, I've been an innovation coach for Fortune 500 companies and helping them to understand how to bring a new product or service to the market. But the area that they lack, of course, because they're such a big company is the execution, right? A few small people or a small group of people in a company has a great idea, but they're stymied by bureaucracy and by politics and all of that sort of <laughs> stuff. And, and it, it just really, it, it hurts the culture, it hurts the organization, but the, the companies that are good at executing, that are good at finding that good idea and running with it, tend to be the ones that lead the pack. Is that right? They do. They do. And I think you see that time and time again, especially in my industry. So I've started in digital and that's where, you know, in technology and that's where I've spent the last 20 years. So in terms of having a great idea, I see a lot of great ideas, but, but really the ability to execute those ideas have really separated those great companies. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced after X-Drive went bankrupt and, how that transition occurred for you, because I'm guessing you probably didn't have $10 million in the bank to go ahead and start your own company, right? <laughs> so how did that transition happen from going and working at an internet startup, an early stage startup, to running your own business and then building your own empire? Yeah, looking back, you know, the market took a turn for the worse. And I found myself unemployed, broke, embarrassed. Um, you know, I felt like such a failure. It's someone, someone had pushed delete on my entire identity. And the reality was I wanted to, you know, go to bed and put the covers over my head, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, just because it was difficult. And when I look back, you know, the best bet you can ever make is a bet on yourself. And I didn't have any capital to make that bet. So I, you know, I, I called my grandmother, the, you know, and asked her and asked her to make a bet on me in this incredible digital economy, which, you know, was very intangible to her. And, and she did. And that gave me the confidence to be able to, to start my own company. And when I started at, at my kitchen table, you know, honestly, I just was looking to create 
a great life, to have freedom. I, I, I never thought the company would get as big as it was. And I really was just going back to the basic principles of business, which is making a business that is profitable, that is set up for long-term success, and that is something that I love to do. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love you know hearing sort of the hero's journey, right? That you, you were faced with adversity. You had a lot of things to do. And there are a lot of probably choices to make, a lot of directions you could have gone, but you made that investment in yourself. And I, I can't overstate how important that is for so many people, right? We have a lot of people probably just like you that come to us, had hands out saying, can you just give me some money? Can you just do this? And can, can you just take a, a, a leap of faith on me, right? But the, the part that's missing a lot of the times is that initial investment in themselves and taking that bet on themselves and doing something first, right? They're, they're waiting for somebody else to float the boat before they even get into, into the boat, right? And it doesn't sound like that was your case, right? You, you knew that you had to make this leap. You had to get going. You had to just like start and grind it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. The easiest thing to do would to be go, you know, go find uh, a secure job. But the reality is there is no secure job. So mm -hmm. the, the biggest security I had was myself and my, you know, my ability to believe in myself. And, you know, there's a lot of naysayers and people laughed at me, but the reality is looking back, my confidence and my belief in my idea and my ability to execute was, you know, has to be greater than anyone else's doubt against you, which there'll be a lot of doubters, but you have to, you have to believe and you have to be willing to take that, take that leap. Absolutely. It is scary, right? It is scary. I had doubts. So <laughs> I was, I was afraid for sure. Oh, and it's, it's absolutely terrifying, right? And, you know, especially for people that have families, right? You, you have kids, right? You have twins, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and I do have twins. <laughs> so how does somebody like you run a successful business, let alone an empire, when you have twins? I mean, gosh, when we had our first one, we thought it was the easiest thing in the world. So we decided to have a second one. And it was like, oh, my gosh, what did we get ourselves into, <laughs> right? So I can't even imagine <laughs> both of them at the same time. Congratulations for that. But how do you manage that? How do you make it successful? You know, it's it's prioritization. It really is. So I think you ask people, where do you spend your time? And if your priority is your family, you'll spend time with your family. Your priorities, you know, and I think looking at time, you know, where do you spend your time? So I highly encourage, you know, individuals I know to spend less time just surfing the internet or I don't know, aimlessly wandering and really to focus on what are their goals. So if their goal is to have a great family and a really supportive one, then you need to double down and that's where you need to invest your time. So it's an investment of time based on your own priorities. And oh, it. it's, you know, it's not easy, right? <laughs> there are things you have to give up. So I think that, you know, knowing that, so you might have to give up your Friday cocktail with your friends because you want to go home and have dinner with your family. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's that prioritization, but it really comes back to execution, right? Because I know plenty of entrepreneurs that put in 18 to 20 hour days and they've been doing it for a year. And you're like, okay, what have you accomplished in the last year? I don't know, <laughs> but I've been putting in a lot of time. And I think the difference yeah. is, there's a lot of people that do busy work. They, they think that they're doing something really important. And then there's people that execute on great ideas. And maybe you could spend just a couple minutes and talk to that because I know there's a lot of people that think they're executing, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're not really focused on the right priorities or the right strategies. And so as a result, they're really just spinning their wheels. Yeah, that's true. You know, when I look back, business is not the same as progress. And 18 hours, I, I, that's not even that's not even being efficient, I wouldn't say. So I've seen a lot of people working day in and day in out and getting nowhere. And the reality is it's prioritization 
of what's most important and having that crystal clear picture of what you want to achieve. So if that is to start the start a company, it it, it has to be prioritized every single day as your num as your north star. That's every you get up, you think about it. You go to bed, you think about it. So it just has to be constantly being prioritized. Yes, you might have a lot of other you know, you have a lot of other things going on, but that one has to just keep being resurfaced the number one. And so I, I write down my vision uh, and what I want to achieve, and I put it on my bathroom mirror. And it sounds silly, but then my husband knows what I'm doing. My children know what I'm doing. They can't read, but they understand that, you know, this is this is what I'm focused on every single day. And, and it makes it, it drives clarity, accountability, and through it, the reality is it drives results. Absolutely. It doesn't sound silly to me. It may sound silly to people that don't do that sort of stuff, but you know, I have I have an entire journal here in my office where I wrote the same five goals down every single day until that journal was completely filled up and they were just ingrained in my subconscious. And I know that there are a lot of people that do similar things, right? And those are the ones that I find are the most successful and they're always moving. It may be that squiggly line, but they're always moving in the same direction. They're making progress, right? So just like you said, I love this. They point. are. Busyness yeah. is not the same as progress. That's so perfect. It's um, not, it's not. Yeah, it is really not. So can you do me a favor? Can you tell me a little bit about how angel investing kind of led into you jumpstarting and launching your business? So as the entrepreneur, when you were looking for investors and you're looking to scale your company, was it all organic growth? Was it something that you were doing, you know, like people talk about now, funnel hacking and, and doing all of that? Or was it, did you require some sort of capital to get it up and running? You know, the first company I worked for, we did raise. So we raised $120 million. The next company I self-funded, the company after that, we raised $120 million. I'm currently on Brave Strategic. So I've seen it all. I've, you know, and, and the reality is each come with different, um, different, different pluses and minuses, right? And I think, as, I think there's a lot of pressure. There's a pressure that comes with raising money. There's a pressure that comes with, with um betting on yourself, you know, from, so I think from an angel investing perspective, when I look at angel investing, I look for people that are willing to put skin in the game. I want to know that people are putting their own skin in the game, whether that, and that doesn't have to always be monetary because you might not have the capital, but I want to know what are you willing to, like, what are you so passionate about that you're willing to give up your weekends, your nights, your weekends? Like, you are just relentlessly will drive to achieve whatever your idea is. So I'm looking for someone with that 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 tenacity and resilience and energy to keep moving long after everybody else would give up. Like, mm -hmm. that is, you know, and that's just execution. You know, I bet on people, and you can you can spot that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm guessing that's why when you set up your fund, there's an easy application process, right? Fill out a form mm -hmm. and then send me a video. <laughs> and I'm assuming that the video, because I do this when I interview people, I, I, I will not do an interview until I've seen a video of them because I want to know what their energy level is like. I want to know what they're bringing to the table. It's probably the same thing when you're looking at an angel investment, right? Yeah. Well, if you're not willing to do spend the time to do a two minute video, I mean, it's almost, you know, you're definitely not going to execute on your idea. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that true? Right. You know, we, and we, we're not even setting the bar that high. It's just, you know, get in front of your iPhone for a couple of minutes and send us something, just something basic, just to let us know that you can do it. Right. And exactly, uh, exactly. Take that first step. Right. And that's why I, I really wanted to make it easy because it doesn't have to be hard, but you do have to execute if you want to, if you want, if you're seeking for an investment and you have to be willing to do it, it's easy to say, oh, I have this great idea, but then when it comes to doing it and, you know, actually filling out the form and shooting the video, you find there's a very steep drop off. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I, I want to take that. I want to ask a question because I, I think the angel investors and the, the professionals out there that are looking to invest in early stage or small businesses, um, they, they might get caught up in the hype of somebody saying, I have the greatest idea in the world. Here's why it's so incredible. It's amazing. Right. And you've sat through so, so many of those pitches. I've sat through them. We, you go to accelerators and incubators and everybody has the best idea in the next billion dollar IPO um, idea. How do you kind of take that enthusiasm, that unbridled enthusiasm for somebody's idea and, and level set that with, hey, we actually need to think about this from a financial standpoint, from an investment standpoint. How do you actually make that determination when you're looking at a business? Yeah, I look for, you know, number one, I love the enthusiasm, but enthusiasm, again, is not execution. So, you know, it's great to have passion, but I don't see that passion from my perspective, passion comes from the Latin root word of pain or suffering. So it's not about the passion that you're doing. It's like, what are you willing to suffer for to achieve that, to achieve that vision? And that includes taking the time to do the research, to understand the commercials and the financial model, to understand the risk. And if you don't understand your market and the demand, there is not a chance I will invest in you. You have to understand all of the different factors and have almost ingrained yourself into the the fabric of that idea. And I think that's what I'm looking for is people that understand the market, understand the challenges, understand what could go wrong. They've already like taken those outcomes and those approaches and they know that they're going to have to be resilient. So what are some, some key indicators you might look at when, you know, maybe an entrepreneur's made it through and they're, they're finally pitching you and they, they have their deck and they have their slides, the slides look all pretty and everything's great. You know, how do you kind of validate the, the, the research, you know, there's a lot of ways you can actually just say, okay, you did a Google search on it, but are you looking for certain things that they actually did? So if it's a, if it's a product business or if it's a tech business, what are some of the things that you're actually looking for to see that they actually did it so they, you know, that they are committed to it? Yeah, I think you usually from any startup or any angel, you usually could do a POC. So I look for people that have actually gone out and, and, and done the homework and tried to find either uh, an opportunity to exercise their their idea. Um, because the idea just is an idea until you execute it, right? Like ideas, again, are, are, there's so many of them. Until you actually go out and seek market demand, you don't know if, if there really is a market for your product. So I love to look at ideas that have at least two POCs or two two showcase or highlighted um, opportunities where they actually would go in and sell into um, a potential, a potential client. Awesome. And just for our listeners, a POC is a proof of concept. So um, in, in corporate America, they might ta- call that a proof of concept or a pilot program or something like that in the mm-hmm. tech space, in the software space, it's beta, right? <laughs> so it is right. And I think when you look today, you know, going back to, and I think you mentioned something really important, Jeff, is like, if you have a family, the first thing I say is do not quit your day job, right? You can do that pilot program at night. Like you don't have to quit your day job to be able to create, become an entrepreneur, you know? And I think that's what's really important is making sure that there is that market demand before you do put your life at risk. Like sometimes you can't help it because, you know, as my company went bankrupt, I didn't, I would have just probably stayed at that job. You know, I was forced into making a decision. But if I had more time, historically, looking back, I, I would have, you know, hoped that I could create the opportunity before taking that leap and, and knowing that I was secure. And so was my family. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes right back to the prioritization, right? So the, the people that are only going to prioritize their own career over everything else 
maybe you're not the best suited to make a decision for their whole family. <laughs> and <laughs> you want to make sure that you're, you're making right. the right decision for the right reason, of course. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, you know, when you think about and you look back on your investing career, I don't know what your track record is, but you have a really good track record of 14 companies getting acquired. So that that's incredible. Like that's that's something very significant out of all the companies that you've invested in. But a lot of companies, and I'm guessing yours, your portfolio is the same, is there, there are some that just, you know, they never really get to where they want to go, right? And they never mm-hmm. really fully achieve the exit or uh, the financials or the incomes that they're looking for. And do you see a difference in the executive team or the offering or the product? Or what, what would be a couple of things you might look at to say, here's the difference from the companies that got acquired and had an incredible track record? So the ones that just kind of teetered along or maybe just fell off the radar altogether. Yeah, it's interesting. When I look back, and I write, I write about this in my new book, which is you. every company has to have that crystal clear picture of what they're trying to achieve. But when I see the great visionaries and these great visionary CEOs, the challenges between that success and the, and the ones that aren't successful, and from my own experience, have been you get lost in the clouds and you're too far ahead of the market that the demand isn't even there yet. So really understanding the current market demand for your product and making sure you have enough runway to get you there. Because usually it's because, you know, it's, it comes down to cash and they run out of cash before, uh, you know, before they can realize that success. And it's really understanding and making sure that you have calculated that, that, that timeline and and know how long it will take to achieve it. That's why I really look for individuals that not only are great visionaries, but also usually pair themselves, you know, or surround themselves with, with, you know, other people that bring them back to earth, right. You know, and that really remind them that it's not just about a great idea, but it it also is about what it, it, what takes every single day in and day out in order to achieve that great idea. Oh, absolutely. Right. So have you ever read the book traction by Gina Wickman? No, should I read it? You Great. absolutely should. So, because you you just hit on a lot of the things that he hits on the book, which is you've got to have that visionary, that person that's looking, you know, the heads in the clouds and looking out the future and all that. But you also have to have the integrator or the the operations person, like, okay, that's great, but let's get one thing going first, right? And so, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I I joke with people. I'm like, so they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, I'm the executioner, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, that sounds <laughs> Terrible, right? But so that's why I was so excited when I saw your um, your pod, your interview coming up. It's like, no. At the end of the day, it's great to have all that that visionary stuff. You have to have that, right? Somebody has to be able to see the future, but you've got to be able to execute if you're ever going to get there. You can't just go after one shiny object to the next, right? And so, Traction um, by Gino Wickman is just a great book because it talks about that. It really helps you know business owners and entrepreneurs uh, trying to understand how to implement that inside their own business. I think it's really important and really powerful. That's great. I definitely will take that recommendation. I love to read. And I think just based on my own experience, having my, my father's a great visionary, but I've also, you know, taken 70 years of watching him come up with a great vision and then fail to execute. So I guess I can spot that one a mile away. You're right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, let me ask you this, uh, Kim, when you look back on you know the digital marketing space, just specifically, you know, I want to I want to focus a little bit on on the stuff that you've done over the past two decades. How has it changed? I mean, I I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of changes, but what's the biggest, most significant change that you've seen in that space 
And where do you see that maybe going in the next few years? Yeah, I think digital has disrupted so many different industries, as everyone's seeing. And, and I think every business globally is, is really thinking about that transformation and that innovation that's required to continue to compete, right? And I think we, we see it every single day. I happen to be in the heart of it, which is, which is exciting, but it also is... Uh, you know, I'm kind of in the eye of the storm, but I believe that when you, you know, you look to the future and you look, how are we going to continue to be able to compete and, you know, how are, how are companies going to be able to um, evolve? And I think they will have to, right? It's really about number one, understanding that the market, the world is changing and then, and then being almost embracing that change and understanding that they, you know, you have to change with it. So mm -hmm. the, the market's moving, digital's going to continue to disrupt. And so looking at your own business and, and not being afraid and pretending that it's not going to happen, it's almost embracing it and, and embracing it quickly, right? Because I think those companies will be the most successful. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. I always love to get insights from people that have been in the field for a long time and get to see, and you experienced the transformation, right? You experienced it firsthand um, going from, you know, maybe back in the days when, when you first got started, pay-per-click was like all the rage and it just gotten legs. And now what are we seeing? <laughs> We're seeing, you know, the, the remarketing and retargeting all around the web and then multi, multi-channel, multi-faceted, integrated types of marketing approaches online and then how digital is just disrupting everything. It's just a really, really interesting right. time that we live in. It is. And you even see, I mean, the convergence of television and digital. So it will continue to, it will continue to change. And I think that's, you know, the opportunity, there will continue to be new opportunities, which I love. So there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur within a company. And so really reminding ourselves that the internet is at its infancy. When I started, Yahoo had just gone public, but look at, you know, how fast has 20 years have gone by and what's changed. So mm -hmm. continue to look for those opportunities. There's so many unique ways that you can constantly innovate. And I, I love that. And there's so much opportunity out there. And, and I'd love to maybe just hit on that with you. You know, a lot of people are looking at, you know, there, there's, there's female empowerment and there's, there's minorities starting business, things like that. And we get people that still come in and say, you know what, I don't know if I can do this, but it's like, there's so much opportunity out there. What would you say to, you know, the, the, the 17 year old version of yourself or the, the 20 year old version of yourself that's thinking about going into this? And is there any advice that you would have given yourself that to do things differently or, or really char charge a little bit harder in the, in the future? Yeah. I think looking back, I got great experience, so I, I highly recommend get some great experience on somebody else's dime, which I was able to do, and I, th I think it, it definitely gives you a great foundation, but then once you're ready, just go as, you know, whatever you think it is, however big you think you're going, you can, you can go bigger than that, so really making, making your North Star as big as you can possibly think, because you're only limited by your own, your, your own thoughts. So really understanding, you know, looking back, I didn't think my, my company would be as big as it is. And it's so exciting to just continue to see it grow and evolve and change and being open to, you know, how does it get any better than this? That's awesome. Well, Kim, congratulations on all the success. You know, at the time that we're recording this year, your book, The Execution Factor, is a USA Today national bestseller. So that's awesome. It's ranked number two right now on the LA Times bestseller list. Congratulations. I know that's not an easy thing to achieve. So well done. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to 
looking forward to continue continue to help move uh, and invest in execution-led companies. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about how they can get in touch with you, if they want to connect with you online, or if they want to reach out to your company, or if they want to find out about uh, how you are acting or how you act as an angel investor. Yeah, I'd love to hear from your listeners. And um, you know, to, to apply or learn more about me or the fund, you can go to kimperell.com. There's a there's a button right there. You can submit a two-minute video online. It's very easy. If you have a great idea, I love ideas. I love entrepreneurs, and I am here to pay it forward. So I encourage you, go check it out, kimperell.com, and hopefully I'll get to see some of these listeners' great ideas. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kim. And we'll make sure to put all these links and all this information in the show notes. So if you want to, you can go to angelinvestorsnetwork.com forward slash podcast. Look for our interview with Kim Perel. You'll see all that information inside the show notes. So you can get all those links and all the information that we talked about. Kim, thank you very much. This has been incredible. I absolutely love this interview and I cannot wait to listen to the replay because I'm taking notes. and I know I didn't catch them all. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.